Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Breaking Our Silence with host Lupe Marino on the CWR Network. Hello and welcome to Breaking Our Silence. I am your host, Lupe Moreno. Breaking Our Silence is a show speaking about domestic violence in order to bring awareness and provide education. My guests today are Katie Graves and Gina Haluska from All Hope Restored in Colorado. We will be discussing the topic of churches providing support for victims of domestic abuse and whether or not someone's religious beliefs keep them in an abusive relationship. At this time, I'd like to welcome Katie and Gina to the show. Hello, ladies. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing very doing well. well. Hi. Um, so what is All Hope Restored, and what services do you How did it come about, and what can you share with us about All Hope Restored? Sure. So um, this is Katie, and I co-founded AHR a little over five years ago. It came about because I had been a victim of DV a little bit in high school, but years later I went on to become a victim's advocate at the uh, local DA's office in Colorado Springs. And so after doing that, I fell in love with it, and I found that I really had a heart for helping women and teaching them uh, not only the basics of domestic violence, but also the resources that were available, how to get out of a situation that they didn't want to be in, how to help them through the fears and, and the unknowns, the things that were scaring them, that type of thing. Well, not long after that, um, my marriage was, un- it was just ending. So I needed to get a job. I started working at a church that I had been attending for a few years. And not long after working there, I decided that I thought it would be a good idea to marry both ministry as well as uh, a victim's advocacy. So I met um, another lady that worked there at the church, and she was saying, you know, I asked her, would you be interested in helping me to co-found a biblically-based curriculum? At the time, there were so many different, you know, per, or not protection, but there were so many different things that were there as far as support and support groups, counseling things, group sessions for victims and survivors of domestic violence, but not very many or if any of them were biblically based. And so that was something that we both wanted to do. We sat down, we started writing the curriculum, and then going back to the church that we eventually both became employees of to make sure everything was biblically sound. And then it was born. All Hope Restored was born. Uh, We went through multiple you know, updates and things changing and just helping it to evolve over the years. So we've taught the curriculum in multiple churches here in Colorado. 
we've done it via Facebook Live, and we've actually now kicked off in Canada as well. Oh, wow. That's great. Thank you. So when you were first starting it, did you get support from the church? Were they supportive about the idea, or how how did they yeah. um, react to teaching about domestic violence? Well, you know, there seems to be two schools of thought when it comes to domestic violence in churches. And lucky for us, the church that we were attending as well as working at were very supportive. You know, they know that the church is full of broken people, and mm-hmm. they wanted to take something that has been swept under the rug for so long and and say, you know what, we understand that this is an issue, and because we are a church, we are the safe haven of, of you know, for many of all of these people – we want to be able to acknowledge that it's an issue and we want to be able to help them. You know, first, of course, from there and focusing on prayer and things, but a big part of that is education. And how do we educate not only um, the women, but then the men also, because we know that it's not just women who are victims of domestic violence. So they were very mm-hmm. accepting. They were on board. They were very supportive. And unfortunately, though, we know that that's not the case in all churches. Uh, if we had not had the support of the leadership there at that church, we would not have been able to have this, you know, the success that we had. It's been a long five years. There's been changes made to the leadership team. There's been a lot of changes made to the curriculum. But as long as we're moving forward and we're helping people, the foundation of AHR, we're moving and changing as well. You know, we're we're focusing on different aspects of things. But that church specifically was really wonderful about supporting it and seeing our vision and where we wanted to go and just focus on God and getting through uh, to help people heal. That's awesome. So when a victim or somebody contacts you about an abusive relationship that they're going through, do you, I mean, like what are, what are the first things that you share with them? And as far as like biblically or, type of education. Right. G, do you want to go through that? Sure. Well, first, you know, we like to to let all victims or um, survivors that are out of a situation and just addressing their healing spiritually um, and, you know, emotionally, physically, sometimes even still, and let them know that, A, it's not their fault. Nothing that they ever did caused that to happen. And, B, that is not something that God ever wants for anyone, especially women and children, a situation to be in. No one should ever have to go through any type of abuse, um, domestic violence or sexual abuse. Um, so we let them, you know, know that. And then we lead into um, their local resources. We like to um, make victims aware of what programs and resources are available for and to them um, to let them know that, they do have an out and that there is safety and that there is life after abuse. Um, You know, it's unfortunate that DV occurs at all, but, um, you know, there was some research done in 2013 where the World Health Organization classified um, violence against um, women, domestic violence against women, a significant health problem. Um, We know that. It's just now what do we do about it, especially in churches, because DV affects 35 or has affected 35% of women worldwide at some point in their life. And so that includes every race, women of every nationality. Um, 
and it doesn't it's not prejudiced to women of any religion it occurs in every religion um, and many faith-based organizations and unfortunately um, leadership hasn't had the hasn't had the ability or the opportunity to be properly trained on how to address these issues so when women in these situations um, oftentimes go to their pastor or their leadership they can oftentimes be given wrong advice bad advice sometimes even fatal advice and um, I think that that's really unfortunate so hopefully um, we are leading we're on the leading edge of an evolution or a revolution um, within the religious community. Um, you know, I think if we arm our leadership, our pastors, um, with the proper education and resources, they would be more apt to talk about it and more able-bodied and equipped to address the situation and the topic within their congregation. Yeah, I know when I was going through it myself, and I mean, it started as a teenager, and I was very involved with my church when I first met my abuser. And so then going through church, I mean, going to church and with my beliefs, when everything started happening, I would forgive my abuser because I, you know, thinking myself, okay, I have to forgive him, and I would pray for him. I was like, okay, God, I know you can change him. And mm-hmm. right. I stayed with him for 13, 13 years, and for the longest time, I could just kept, you know, God can change him. God, can, you know, how am I going to give up on him if I'm doing that? Um, it's kind of like thinking, like admitting that God can't change somebody. And for the right. longest time, because of my beliefs, that's why I stayed. And and also because I was, you know, ashamed and embarrassed to even tell anybody because for almost 10 years, nobody knew what I was going through. I kept it to myself because I was just embarrassed, humiliated, and I didn't want anybody to know what I was going through. So it was just my faith that kept me going. It was my relationship with God. He was the only one I could talk to about it. And then it just, I think most of it, because the first 10 years that we were together, we didn't have kids. But once we had kids, then it was no longer about me, and I had to protect my children. And if it wasn't for my children, I probably would have stayed with him longer. And But, yeah, my faith and just even I remember getting hit, while I was getting hit, I would be praying, you know, asking God, you know, just don't let me feel the pain. You know, it was just kind of like put a shield around me so I didn't feel the pain. Um, right. But, yeah, I, I can I can understand how a lot of times religious beliefs keep victims in their relationship longer because of just the belief and the faith that God can change your spouse, whether it's female or male, and that things can right. get better if you just keep praying and don't give up. So have you ever dealt true. with somebody, have you ever had to deal with somebody who you knew needed to leave the relationship, but they were adamant and stained because of their beliefs? All the time. Um, Yes, all the time. And I myself, Lupe, was in your position as well, Um, was in an abusive marriage for 10 years. And actually, I was in two abusive marriages. I divorced my first husband after 10 years, remarried. And um, ironically, my second husband, like days after we were married, began the abuse. And he was the pastor's son of our church. So Mm-hmm. It again, it really there is no demographic and 
there is no prejudice when it comes to DV. And it's unfortunate that it does occur in the church. And I think that because we are, I want to say programmed, and I don't know if that's really the right word, but we're taught in our religious um, affiliation, no matter what faith you are in, that divorce is unbiblical and it's frowned upon. And then we are socially labeled and um, that we are kind of discriminated within within the church or our congregation when we talk about abuse. Um, and I, it's sad. I think, you know, our, our churches should be and are a symbol of refuge and comfort. And I think that mm-hmm. they should house and protect women and victims of DV. And I think that if the the leadership and our pastors and um, uh, the hierarchy and the clergy were properly trained, they could be that positive and practical examples of how um, DV should be addressed and be that moral compass within the church and even for the entire community. Um, mm-hmm. I just I think that women should feel more secure. You know, it's a very DV is an intimate um, situation, so we feel very prideful in some situations, scared in other situations to come forward, and we're more vulnerable. Women who are abused are more vulnerable because they place such a high value on um, the clergy and our pastors and our faith-based leaders, and so we when we seek them. And we go to them for advice, and they aren't properly trained on how to guide us or direct us, then we're led in a direction that oftentimes keeps us entrapped in those abusive relationships. Yeah. I think um, one um, of the scriptures, and I don't even know where the, which scripture it is, but one that I kept telling myself, too, is because um, – my ex-husband, well, my first husband, he, because of him, I stopped going to church, too, because he didn't want me being involved in everything. So I eventually stopped going to church. And I remember the scripture, I don't know which one it is, but where it talks about being unequally yoked and mm-hmm. not to be right. with somebody who's, like, pulling you in the wrong direction. So I would just kind of tell right. myself that, okay, we're unequally yoked. It's okay. You know, it's kind of like I like right. that. It's like, it's okay. God wouldn't want me with him because I'm unequally yoked. <laughs> so... That right. was one scripture that really helped me realize that it is okay if I divorce him and I have to do what's right, and not only for me, but then it became, became too for my children. And so right. um, that it is okay. And now knowing, you know, where I am now in my life and how much God has blessed me since then, it's like, yeah, it is okay to leave. And you don't have to be with somebody for the rest of your life if it's not somebody who's treating you right and is not, you know, in the same beliefs with you, who isn't going to be building you up spiritually if they're tearing you down and taking you away from Christ instead of getting you closer to them, then that's mm-hmm. also something to think about. Well, well and, and the one thing know, that I wanted to say to real quick, sorry, G, the one thing I want to ahead. say to um, is that, um, you know, in teaching these classes, I have seen and and watched the the sadness that comes over these women's faces, you know, as they think about, well, you know, my pastor says that by getting divorced, you know, I, I sinned and I never should have done that. I should have stayed in this relationship. And there's 
we know that the Bible is is the living word of God, and we know that every time you work, you read it, because it is a living word, you're going to get a different interpretation of the same scripture all the time. And mm-hmm. so we do have women that feel guilty when they have made the choice to leave, not necessarily right away, but years later. And so one of the things that we've dealt with is, Um, you know, how do I get past that? You know, I did pray about it. I did feel God was telling me to go ahead and leave because we know that God is a loving God and he doesn't want us to be hurt, especially by the the person who promised to love us and take care of us just like Christ did, you know, with the church. However, the thing that we have to remind the women who are staying that are in these relationships that are Christian or any other religious background is that they already broke the covenant. When you get married, you're, it's not just you and your spouse. It's, it's the three of you. It's you, your spouse, and God. And because God is a loving God, and because those vows are, they're meant to be important, that spouse, whether it be your offender's female or male, you know, because we know victims can be male too, it doesn't matter at that point, they've already broken the covenant because we see so abuse in so many forms. Scriptural abuse is a big one, especially when it comes to Christian-based homes and, and relationships. You know, right. and if you take pieces of abuse, or I'm sorry, pieces of scripture, you can make it and manipulate it to be whatever you want it to be, which is another reason why women stay because they don't want to sin. They don't want to break the covenant that they they made that means so much to them you know so in ahr we have seen um pastors very high-ranking members of different churches and organizations around the world who themselves have abused people to horrible horrible levels so just like gina said earlier there there is no um, demographic when it comes to victims um, there is no demographic when it comes to abusers, you know, and, and we know, and that's one of the things we talk about in AHR. We know that as an abuser, you don't wake up one day and decide I'm going to start abusing my wife or I'm going to start abusing mm-hmm. my husband. Um, it's a secular pattern. It's oftentimes a learned pattern because of what you grew up in, in, in your home growing up to you. That's normal behavior. Um, so we talk about that a lot. You know, what was it when they were growing up? Did they witness that behavior from their parents or whoever raised them? Because just like you don't grow up one day and think this is the relationship I want to be in, it's oftentimes the same thing for them. You know, what was the pattern? What was the lifestyle they grew up in? And how do we break that? You know, how do we explain to you as the victim or survivor that this is where it's at? And and if they're doing the drugs and alcohol, that's, of course, something we've seen. Um, that of course doesn't negate their choices. It doesn't help them make right choices, but they are still responsible for taking, you know, the alcohol and doing the drugs. So, and right. that's happened they to Christian homes. Right. And abuse does not, it's not limited to homes outside of the Christian community or any other faith-based community. I mean, it's just as exactly. prevalent in, in faith-based communities as it is outside of those faith-based communities. And, you know, oftentimes, um, as Katie was saying, what, how we, you know, address victims, and um, they often come from religious backgrounds and are afraid to leave because of their religious affiliations. What I often like to remind victims of 
is First Corinthians. God mm-hmm. clearly defines what love is. Absolutely. First Corinthians. He never once says that love is hurting that person, putting your hands on that person, emotionally putting them through turmoil or financially mm-hmm. abusing them or in no shape or form does love ever involve or incur abuse ever. So mm-hmm. he, but he certainly defines what it is not by defining right. love. And mm-hmm. his definition of love is completely opposite of abuse. So absolutely. Someone who says I have to stay in a relationship because I'm in a covenant with God. Yes, you are. But this is what that covenant says. I understand that it doesn't say anything about, but it certainly doesn't say that you should stay. Right. Well, so, and for the women or the unfortunate. Right. Oh, go ahead. We oftentimes help the women, you know, because us as women, we help women. But as we know, men being victims as well. But I mean, we've had. Um, women who think, okay, well, if I go through this, if I look at a checklist of the different types of abuse and what kind of falls under, you know, emotional abuse, physical abuse, but they don't meet all the criteria, they just think it's just a bad relationship, you know, so we have to bring awareness to all of the different types of abuse and what that encompasses, you know, and let them know that, okay, just because he, he doesn't hit you doesn't mean you're in a healthy relationship or you're not in an in a abusive relationship. I think that's something that bringing awareness to and educating the community on is very important. And so with AHR, you know, we sat down and talked about what our goals are for 2018, and we're starting to go into schools, middle schools and high schools, and talking to them about what's important um, in a relationship, you know, the differences between healthy and unhealthy, signs of teen dating violence, where to get help if you're in a relationship or if your friend's in a bad relationship. Because I feel like educating, I hate to say children, you know, because our our kids, our teens, our tweens are all starting to date and, and doing things younger. And so if they're in an, an abusive home where they see you know, bad behavior or things that are not necessarily healthy and they don't know that it's not healthy, the cycle's just going to continue. So well, that's their norm. Really our goals. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It is their norm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 I totally agree with you. Go ahead. So, so um, as far <laughs> as All Hope Restore goes, um, how do you keep going? Are you um, financially, do you run strictly on donations or how does that work? And if somebody wants to donate to All Hope Restore to be able to help you keep this going and provide more help for survivors and victims, how can they go ahead and help you? Well, All Hope Restored, um, we are online. Uh, You can look, our website is allhoperestored.org. You can look us up there. There's also... um, uh, the ability to contact us there as well. We are also on Facebook. Um, if you'd mm-hmm. like to reach out to us there, All Hope Restored is also on Facebook. Uh, and uh, Katie and myself are also online there um, within the admin within the Facebook group. You can reach mm-hmm. out to us there. Our contact information is also on the All Hope 
restore.org. We are a nonprofit organization, so we do rely strictly on donations and the public to continue, um, you know, within churches and volunteers to continue um, running. So we do offer um, local classes here in Colorado, but also, as Katie mentioned earlier, we do reach out both um, here within the U.S., but also internationally that are in need of some spiritual healing and um, just educating and advocating for them as well. So um, if you are in a situation and need a list of resources or need a safety plan or um, just have questions in regards to some legal issues, we will do our best to point you in the direction that we can help you, um, and then we will get you started and facilitate your spiritual healing as well. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and you can reach us. So there's multiple ways to contact us, like Gina said. So um, allhoperstore.org is our is our official website. Uh, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash allhoperstored. You'll be able to find our personal pages there. You can always private message us. Uh, we have an email, and the email is allhoperstored4031 at gmail.com. And we are working to update the, the donate information both on our Facebook page as well as our website. So that will be up here momentarily. My my website girl is working on that right now. Um, but And then we are also advocating and helping women from around the world via social media. So if anyone's interested in that and and just wanting a support group, um, you can contact us directly and I can give you some information on that. So that that's I think all of the different ways. Okay, and they would they can reach you on any any way of those if they wanted you to go to speak to their one of their schools or organization, anything like that. Yeah, Correct. absolutely. And yeah, absolutely. And in fact the um curriculum that we're using for speaking in schools is a curriculum that is um developed by the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. And they put it out there and made it available for anybody that wanted to use it. So we're using that curriculum. So, it, you know, they're, they're a legitimate organization. They're really amazing. So we're doing that. We have um, like a PowerPoint and everything ready to go. And like I said, we're getting both into middle schools and high schools. That's the age range we're really focusing on. So if anybody's interested in doing that with us with different presentations and stuff, they can absolutely reach out to us um, via the website or the uh, email would probably be the best. Awesome. And the same goes um, with speaking engagements for, you know, within church organizations or faith-based or Christian groups as well. Um, Obviously, All Hope Restored is a faith-based biblical organization, nonprofit, um, that we, our curriculum is um, through the word of Christ. Right something more yep. church, um, mm-hmm. can use our so if one of our, our, our I'm sorry go ahead no, I was going to say so if one of our listeners right now is going through in a situation where they're struggling with their religious beliefs is there like one scripture that you can share with them that or something to help them make the decision that or realize let them know that it is okay and that they don't have to stay in the abusive relationship. Katie, do you have Can one offhand that 
Yeah, I do. Um, well, I have a few. I mean, everybody kind of has good. a few, but um, right. <laughs> I uh, I really like. Oh, I guess my favorite. This is kind of hard to you know. Bring Narrow it down, down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh man, just one. Um, I really like Genesis fifty twenty. Uh, let's see, but I really like Romans. Uh, I think it's five. Three, yeah, five, three through five. Um, this one says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that the suffering produces per- perseverance, perseverance in character and character, hope, and hope that does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. So that's one that I really like too. Um, but there is so many. And at the end of each week, in fact, we have a, a scripture that we, at the end of each week's lesson, we have a scripture that we go through that we felt like really fit that, that lesson. So there's, right. there's quite a few. Okay. And I think I I also saw some scriptures on your website. Mm-hmm. You have some helpful scriptures on there that, so if anybody wants other scriptures, if you're listening and, need some reassurance that it is okay and that God doesn't want you to be in an abusive relationship, you can go to their website and look under helpful scriptures where there are some scriptures there that you can read and just, you know, maybe look them up in your own Bible so that you can see it is there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right, absolutely. So Katie and, Katie and Gina, I just want to thank you so much for being a part of our show today and sharing this, being here with us. And also to our listeners, I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of Breaking Our Silence. The next episode will air on April 5th, and we'll be having a survivor of domestic violence share our story. Once again, thank you for listening to Breaking Our Silence on the CWR Network. Have a safe and great day. Thank you. People been saying to your friends, get a different face. someone being bullied online you can be a witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool and by letting your friend know you care learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org brought to you by the ad council listen and imagine it takes five seconds to send a text and for those five seconds you're driving blind life is worth more than a text stay alive Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. I'm jumping in with my clothes on. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at UltimatePartyFoul.org, brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.